Wednesday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another show. We have, um, again, my co-host, Kimberly. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Um, we have a good show for tonight. Um, I've actually been thinking about this show for a while. Um, as we said last week, December 1st was World AIDS Day. And yes. This is actually the, I think, the 26th year. It started in 1988. For those of you who don't know, um, December 1st of every year is considered World AIDS Day. And it's just an opportunity for people worldwide to really unite um, and, and rally around the cause of, against the fight against HIV, to show their support for those that are living with HIV, and also to com- commemorate the lives of the people who have already passed on. So we've dedicated this show. We have two outstanding, outstanding guests who are going to be here um, to share their stories. Also, we have my second guest who's coming on. He's going to share um, some of the insurance and financial options for those persons who are living with HIV. Because um, really when the whole um, illness began, there were no insurance options for it. But luckily, prayerfully today, we do have those options available. And our first, our second guest is going to be around to share those with you. Um, Kim, how was your weekend? It was um, okay, um, a bit busy, um, but, um, you know, overall, yeah, overall just, you know, taking taking care of some um, personal um, issues. Issues, girl, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's just best to leave it, period, put a, put a period right there. Yeah. Um, my my weekend was okay. Um, I'll be glad when the new week starts tomorrow midnight um, to see what next week holds for me. Um, just one of those weekends I just want to forget about. But um, we have a wonderful show. Let's go ahead and get started with that. Um, my your first guest that you're going to interview is um, Nicholas Snow. Um, in effort to encourage HIV testing, he actually wrote an anthem, a beautiful song, very beautiful song. Um, and before we go to commercial break, we're going to um, listen to that song in its entirety. It's called The Power to Be Strong. For children and those with sensitive skin, look no further than AzariahsInnocence.com. Azariah's Innocence is a natural bath and body product line created by teenpreneur, philanthropist, and honor roll student, Zandra Azariah Cunningham. All natural oils, butter, and herbs make up a beautiful assortment of artisan soaps, lotion bars, bath bomb fizzies, sugar scrubs, candy and cupcake soap, and much more. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Azariah's Innocence, or contact us at one 585 
6-8 Pure One. Fun, fresh artisan beauty for girls from 6 to 106. More and more people are making their purchases online. And their number one resource is ShopSquare.com. At ShopSquare.com, they're committed to excellence and top-notch customer service. ShopSquare.com is empowering customers just like you by providing them with the best details online anytime. If you're looking for electronics, home decor, home appliances, sporting equipment, college wear, or fashion, ShopSquare.com is where you'll want to be. Go to www.shopsquare.com or give us a call at 877-659-0807. That's 877-659-0807. Professional photos that pop are essential for models and actors. Images that show love and connections within a family are memorable keepsakes. Contact Tammy McGarity Photography today. As a model actress turned celebrity photographer, Tammy has a gift for capturing your authentic moments. Call 404-490-2426 or visit www.tammymcgarityphotography.com today. Take a chance when passion and 
Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Pitts. Our first guest of the evening is Mr. Nicholas Snow. He is a journalist, author, actor, radio and television host, singer-songwriter, LGBT civil rights activist, and a world-renowned openly gay, openly HIV-positive advocate for HIV testing and safer sex. Welcome, Nicholas. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It's an honor to be on your show. I appreciate it. And uh, give a shout-out to Will there, too. It's really cool that you're providing the platform for this topic. So thank you. Aw, thank you so much. Um, the song which was just played is such a beautiful song. Could you tell us, you know, just a little bit about what is – inspired you to write the song? Um, certainly. Uh, you know, um, I'm 52 years old, and uh, when the AIDS epidemic began, it was in the early uh, early 1980s when I was in college, and for my entire adult life, I had been very good about adhering to safer sex practices. Mm-hmm. And in August of 2007, I had a rare slip in my own safer sex behavior, and I became HIV positive. And uh, because I had uh, activism in my roots and because I know the power of media and communication, I decided that I would tell my story and go public with it. Um, this all happened in, in Bangkok, Thailand. I could have become HIV positive anywhere, um, uh, so this is not an indictment of Thailand. This was a result of my own behavior. Um, but I was living in Thailand as a foreign correspondent. Uh, mm-hmm. I was reporting on national television for English language media. I was writing in newspapers and magazines. And um, I decided that I would go public with my story and, and talk about my mistake and help give a name and a face to the HIV uh, AIDS epidemic locally. And um, one of my good friends in Thailand is a, is one of their leading music producers, Bruno Brugnano. So I had the idea to write a song, and he volunteered to produce it. And uh, I raised the money to help make it all happen. And uh, one of Thailand's leading music video and film directors, O Natapon, uh, step forward to produce the music video, and then Ayano Kamira, who's a fantastic uh, singer, uh, does the background vocals. And mm-hmm. uh, so, anyway, the the song was produced, the music video was produced, and the music video is available for viewing and sharing on YouTube, subtitled in twenty languages. Hmm. Yes, at YouTube, YouTube dot com slash the power to be strong people can share that music video in in uh, 20 languages um and if like for example if someone were to share the mandarin chinese version of the video mm-hmm. the the text that's embedded with that and the closing credits have uh, the major website addresses of mandarin language website so it's sort of a media activism at its core to help connect people in their own languages to the resources that would empower them to uh, seek out HIV testing and to increase their adherence to safer sex. Okay. And so, um, Nicholas, when you, how, 
what what um what made you like you know go to get tested? Like, how did you find out that you were um, HIV positive? Were you having um, you know any type of symptoms, or did you just go you know to have like your yearly physical, and that's something that you you know a test that you would normally take? Um, um, that's a great question, Kimberly. Um, uh, 50%, 50% of the time when someone becomes uh, uh, HIV positive, mm-hmm. when this occurs, 50% of the time within a few weeks they have a severe flu-like illness, which is oh. called acute HIV infection. And it, it brings on all the symptoms of a really horrific flu. And in my case, that happened. And when it didn't go away like a flu would ordinarily go away, um, I sought out uh, I sought out uh, medical advice. Um, I went to a, a doctor, uh, and I ended up after speaking to a nurse and then one doctor. I ended up speaking to the infectious disease specialist at a major hospital in Bangkok. And after speaking with me a bit, he told me that my symptoms could be the result of recent HIV infection. Um, I was at a private hospital where the cost of HIV testing is a bit higher. Well, it, 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 it was I didn't have the money to have an HIV test as a result um, in that appointment. And also the... Um, the sort of test they give you right after exposure is a different type of test that they would give you a few months later. So okay, can you? Kind of can, can the, you uh, I'm sorry. Can you explain the difference? Like you know, before you go further on, like can you tell? Can you tell us what what the difference is in the testing? Well, a recent a recent excuse me um, a routine HIV test nowadays is very easy to get. It's often um, anonymous or at the very least confidential and it can be done with an oral swab okay and generally this tells this tells the person that um up until 90 days prior to the test they were that was their result so um the window of incubation for hiv is up to 90 days and if someone is someone is exposed to hiv and they want to have a test the next week the test that one would take is a blood test and it is um, not as simple as the oral swab. And it also, the cost is completely different. And at the time I just didn't have the money to have this test done, but I left, I left knowing that I could be, uh, I could have become HIV positive. And this was in August of 2007. And in January, on January 3rd of 2008, I went to an anonymous HIV testing site, and I tested HIV positive. And uh, within a few hours, actually, I started to tell my story anonymously online. And the following October, I had a press conference at the Foreign Correspondents Club of Thailand to go public uh, with my status. And... A few months after I tested HIV positive and about five months before that press conference, mm-hmm. I decided I started keeping a journal that I knew would become a book. Um, was writing that journal to keep myself motivated and empowered and focused in terms of creating a plan to go public with my story. 
And uh, within the last year, I actually published that book. It's called Life Positive, A Journey to the Center of My Heart. And I describe it as a living powerfully with HIV memoir. And it talks about um, the ups and downs and trials and tribulations and hopes and fears and dreams and everything I was facing in terms of the decision to go public with my story, what happened when I ultimately uh, told my, you know, my mother, um, the, the development of the music video campaign, the mm-hmm. music videos premiere in India, subsequent trips by me to uh, Malaysia and to uh, Indonesia and ultimately back to the United States. And it's, um, even though it's on the surface about disclosing one's HIV status, the book is infused with my own spiritual perspectives and my own um, determination to make a difference with my life. And the people who are reviewing it and who've read it are are really moved and inspired by the story. Okay. Um, can you tell us, can HIV-positive people who actually know their status, um, as long as they follow their doctor's uh, medical um, advice, can they live long and um, healthy lives? Yes. As a matter of fact, even someone even someone that has ended up with an AIDS diagnosis can live a long and healthy life if they end up getting the, the proper treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the key points I'd love to make for your listeners is that um, there's a distinction between HIV and AIDS. HIV okay. is the virus that, if left untreated, can develop into AIDS. And if someone knows their HIV status and they start to take modern antiretroviral medication, uh, what happens in most cases is that person's viral load becomes undetectable. And there's two there's uh, two benefits from this. One is that it stops the HIV in their body from progressing to AIDS. But the other really important benefit is that um, someone with an undetectable viral load is up to 96% less likely to transmit the virus to their partner. So short of a cure for AIDS, the key to the end of the uh, AIDS epidemic is for everyone who think they might be HIV positive to have a test and for those people who are HIV positive to get on treatment, and therefore they protect their own health and the health of their partners. Okay. And then what do you think is the, you know, key to, quote, unquote, you know, living like a normal, healthy life? Like, you know, once a person has been, you know, told that they are HIV positive or that they are, you know, at at the status of having AIDS. Uh, what do you, you know, think is the key? Well, the key is to follow the, uh, to know your status and to follow the advice of your doctor and to eat well and exercise and take your medication and and be spiritually grounded and do whatever it is that, that you do to keep yourself optimistic and feeling good and just living life. You know, we all have challenges and in, in decades ago, uh, learning that one was HIV positive would be viewed as a death sentence, and now HIV is a chronic, manageable illness. So, um, but there's still a lot of stress that exists for people living with HIV because there's a tremendous amount of stigma that is that still exists and is directed toward toward us, and that stigma actually 
scares people from finding out their own HIV status. Mm-hmm. So we need to have we need to have zero tolerance for stigma against those of us living with HIV. We all need to be educated and realize that it's a chronic mag- uh, a chronic manageable Ill- illness that is not easily transmitted um, if someone is is uh, undetectable because of the medication that they're taking. Okay, and also. Um, do you think that it is difficult to date or, you know, meet other people? Like, you know, once a person finds out that, you know, they have either, do you think that it's, it's hard for them to actually, you know, seek to find a partner? Well, you know, there are so many uh there there are all kinds of support groups that exist for people who are living with HIV that allows us to connect with other people in our communities and uh so many people are meeting online there are there are dating sites for people who are living with HIV but i think the key the the key to the key for all of us to continue on the path to finding true love and meeting a life partner and having dating and romance is for people of of all walks of life to understand that living with HIV could be compared to living with diabetes or living with with something else. It's not something to be feared, and it is something that um, uh, that one can be protected from. For example, there are many instances of an HIV positive partner and an HIV negative partner. Let's take a heterosexual example, where. Um, uh, let's say the man is HIV positive, the woman is HIV negative, mm-hmm. the man is undetectable because of his medication, and they decide they want to have a child. They can have a child the old-fashioned way. The woman can mm-hmm. remain HIV negative. The child will be born HIV negative because of the, uh, the, med- the, medical, the medical regime in place that would be implemented. That's why all pregnant women in the United States are given uh, HIV tests uh, routinely, to make sure that uh, they can prevent the HIV from being transmitted to the child if, in fact, the, the woman is found to be HIV positive. So the stigma is what prevents people who are living with HIV from finding, uh, uh, finding true love. But the, that stigma is not insurmountable, and it is being uh, eradicated uh, one, one day at a time and one radio show at a time, thanks to people like you. Oh, that's great. How can we get more involved with fighting HIV? Well, you know, it's a very personal, uh, uh, I would say at the personal level, that the the most important thing is for people to know their HIV status. Um, but I also think it's important for all of us to express the truth of our lives to the people whom we can influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that that just talking about these issues openly and honestly and soundly and um, lovingly and respectfully is key. And uh, But I think that one step is for someone to know their HIV, HIV status. In most instances, the pursuit of that test will bring that person in, in touch with pre- and post-test counseling, so they're going to learn a lot more. And... Um, I think that we should have zero tolerance for the stigma and discrimination that can occur against people living with HIV. Yeah. Um, 
There's there are also some really important websites. So for example, um, AIDS.gov. .gov is a fantastic website where people can find out, for example, where to go to get an HIV test. Um, and you may or may not know this, but people of color communities are disproportionately impacted by uh, HIV. Um, and it has to do with the, the racial and economic inequality that still exists in our country, unfortunately. Uh-huh. So. We all need to be vigilant in knowing our HIV status, but especially, especially people that are at greater risk, which in, which would include, unfortunately, uh, people of color. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to inspire everyone to visit AIDS.gov um, to find out where they can go to get a test, and also um, thebody.com. Thebody.com is also a, a, a fantastic website that has all sorts of uh, worldwide and local resources. And um, my music video, as I mentioned, is at youtube.com slash the power to be strong. And uh, it can be sh- viewed and shared in 20 languages, subtitled in 20 languages. And my book is pretty inspiring, I'd have to say. And, and if people go to lifepositivebook.com, they can find the book in paperback or click through to Amazon where it's also available on Kindle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, it, but the process starts within. People need to know, love, and trust themselves enough to protect themselves and their partners and seek out the knowledge of their HIV status and be committed to living a powerful life. Is there anything else that you would like to share uh, well, I have. I also have a podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Um, the name of my show is Nicholas Snow Live, and I cover this issue and a lot of other topics. And uh, people can find the book, the music video, the podcast, and my acting clips and my contact information at nicholassnowlive.com. That's nicholassnowlive.com. And I'm always available to talk about this issue and to, um, uh, you know, help inspire and empower people. But I guess I would like to just finish by saying I think it's really cool that uh, that you and Will uh, are dedicated to uh, promoting this am- among the valuable issues that you cover in your show. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for com- mm-hmm. And thank you for coming on Let's Face It Radio. You're listening to Let's Face It, On the Survival Radio Network, we will be right back. Thank you so much, Nicholas Snow. where desserts are created and you taste love. Looking to fill your sweet tooth? Do you have a special event or occasion you're planning? Give Cake Cafe Atlanta a call. Located at 368 Candler Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. Open Monday to Saturday, 10 to 7 p.m. You can get the best in pies, cakes, cobblers, coffee, brownies, specialty popcorn, and more. Visit www.cakecafeatlanta.com or give them a call at 404-284-0106. 
That's 404-284-0106. Call Cake Cafe Atlanta today. Are you a recent graduate, a displaced professional, or a subject matter expert looking for an opportunity? Or maybe you're seeking to advance your career in information technology and cybersecurity. If so, then Lanier Data Assurance Solutions, Inc. is the company for you. Lanier is a professional services consulting firm located in Washington, D.C., Largo, Maryland, and Jacksonville, Florida. We are comprised of highly experienced, certified security professionals, as well as subject matter experts in the science of information security and privacy. Lanier has established a solid reputation for excellence by providing superior services to every client. This credible firm brings a wealth and expertise to the profession. If you are interested in managing work, excellent compensation, contract and travel options, contact Lanier Data Assurance Solutions today. Like us on Facebook to get real-time opportunity announcements at facebook.com forward slash Lanier, which is L-E-N-E-E-R, or call 301-476-1844. You can also email us at info at Lanier.net. with me that night was that um, 
I was sitting at, I'm thinking back, I was sitting at home watching television, and she had come on, and she was actually talking about overcoming the shame of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And when I heard her talking about that, what I realized was that all shame is really the same in terms of how it impacts our lives because exactly what she was talking about, how the shame of being sexually abused had impacted her, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly how the shame of being HIV positive has been affecting me. And, I I mean, I started crying. I, was, I didn't really have any other response. And, and at that moment, I did not know what to do with that. I did not know what I needed to do next. What I did know was that allowing shame to be such a, part, a major part of my everyday existence, I knew that I wasn't going to allow that to happen anymore. So I just really kind of opened my heart and just, you know, just really opened myself to say, okay, when life gives me opportunities to be open and to release myself from shame, I'm going to take them. And that's really what I start doing just sort of day by day. Each time I had an opportunity to be open and honest and authentic, I made a choice that I was going to take that that opportunity. Where did you think the shame came from? I mean, I know, I'm sure there, there are ob- obvious reasons, but for many different people that I've spoken with in the same situation, there are different reasons for the shame. Because a lot of people mention shame. They feel fear, number one, and then they feel shame. What was the, the reason for shame for you? Well, I think the shame was heavily rooted in the fact that I, I, I had a stigma against HIV, and I think that I got that stigma from being in a society that still has a very pervasive stigma against HIV. Um, you know, the idea that even if when someone's asking you your status, I remember, you know, um, folks would ask you, are you clean? So what does that say about, about being HIV positive? You know, um, the idea that it's something that's so secret that no one wants to talk about. You know, you go to a funeral, and if the person might have died of HIV, they don't ever say that they died of that. They say, well, you know, they, they try to dance around it. So it was sort of being in a culture that, that I knew did not regard um, HIV as something that was okay to have. I, I think that that's what started to build the shame in me because I internalized that. And you would think that by becoming HIV positive that I would release myself from those same mindsets around it, but it actually made my thoughts about HIV even worse because now I've got it. So that's, what the, that's I think, where the shame came from. Wow. So I want to take – we're on the stage. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a mental thought because I know if I was on stage in front of 15,000 people – and Oprah Winfrey was next to me. What were you feeling? Were you feeling nervous? Were you like, what am I doing? Did you have second thoughts? What was, <laughs> uh, you were about well, to make it. I have literally I changed was, life. For the entire um, program, I was actually sitting uh, two seats behind her. I was in a section that um, Toyota had sponsored, and there was a woman there who's um, now a good friend of mine. Uh, she was sitting there, and she had allowed me to have that seat. I was supposed to be sitting a little bit further back. And... Um, and so I was sitting right there, and Oprah was walking by me. And when she walked oh. by me, she she saw my notes that I had been writing on, on my sheet of paper as she was talking or while other people were speaking. And she was like, she saw I had a lot of smiley faces on my notes or whatever. It was just a happy day. I and she that. asked about why I had why I was so happy, what was going on. And I told her, just, I said, it's taking a lot of work to get here. So then she asked me for my name. I had no idea she was going to ask me to come up on stage. I didn't know that at all. And then about five minutes later, she's back on stage, and she asked me to come up and I remember as I was walking up to the stage, one thing that I thought to myself was 
you're about to have a platform with probably the most influential um, person in the world. I mean, she it's my personal belief that if it wasn't for her, um, our president wouldn't be in office. I think she was a, she had a hand in that. You right? And so yeah. I said, if I'm going to go up here, one thing I'm not going to do is go up there and, and what I call fan out, and, you know, start crying or anything like that. You know, I said, I'll save my like, tears later. But I, I, I said, I couldn't do it because I said, I want to make sure I use this platform as a way to share with her what she meant to me. And, and like I said earlier, this was life giving me an opportunity to be open and authentic. And I made a promise to myself all those years ago when I saw her special that I was going to use every opportunity I was given to do the same. And so when I went up there and she handed me the mic, you know, I started speaking. Unfortunately, my nerves, you know, um, didn't affect me in that moment. I think that I kind of felt the nerves once I walked off the stage and I realized what I had just done. And then the text messages mm-hmm. started coming in because I didn't realize that a lot of people I knew were actually in the audience. Um, so that's when it really hit me. Well, you know what? And I just learned something because I assumed that you had written into the show and it was all planned. So this just happened. By her it was, the- you know what's so funny? It was by complete happenstance. Mike, and I, I've not told a lot of people this, but it was actually my grandmother had called me up the day before and said, aren't you going to see Oprah tomorrow? And I said, yeah. And she says, make sure you wear something nice because I had a vision that you're going to be on the stage with her. Oh, I swear she said it. She said that to me. And so the next day when I got there, and I, I was supposed to be seated on like the 13th row. And I was like, I'm not going to meet this woman. I'm sitting on the 13th row, sitting wedged between all these people. And I had actually had an extra ticket that I gave to one of my clients because he was a big fan. And his seat was better than mine. So I just said, well, you know, at least he'll enjoy it because he'll be closer. And when that extra seat opened up and I walked up there, I said, well, okay, good. I get to be up front. But I still didn't expect to meet Oprah. She's flanked by security guards. That It just wasn't in my mindset to meet her. But when that moment came and she walked by me and looked over my shoulder, you know, that was good enough. And then she invited me on stage. It, it was completely serendipitous. It was completely something I believe was in divine order that I could not have asked for or imagined. Wow. So you, you said the words. You released it into the, into, into the atmosphere. You released all that shame. How did it feel to finally have that? I, 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 after you realized what you had just did, once, you know, probably the day after. How did it feel to finally have that off? And out of your well, yeah, you know, I will tell you that that wasn't the first time that I had spoken about being HIV positive. I had spoke to, like, oh. I, I had become progressively more open with it just in very small circles. So, you okay. know, if I, was in, if I was dating someone or if I was – uh, if I was talking to a client, because, you know, the fact is that, you know, our company helps people who are HIV positive get insurance. So sometimes I'm talking to clients, I will disclose about myself just to help them understand it's a safe environment for them to talk to me as well. So I would talk in very closed circles, but it was never, ever, ever um, in a public way. So um, in terms of when I walked off the stage, I realized that there was no coming back from that one. There's no way that... Any that I can ever not continue to be open after doing something like that. So I'll tell you this, it was a relief because standing up there with her and having it go viral the way it went viral, it was a relief because I said, you know what, I don't have to keep on disclosing. I, I will disclose, of course, when I need to, but, but people can Google me. People can find this right. information out. Now I can live openly and freely and not have to worry and wonder about who knows about what's happening with my health. Right. 
I know when I reached out to you, I told you that I was really proud of you and I admired you for the courage to do that. How has your life changed? Have people reached out to you and told them that perhaps you um, inspired them to do the same? It's, 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 I mean, it's just gone into, like, personic speed, what's happened since then. Uh, our business has already been operating in 11 states. We are, we're already sort of a, a really well-kept secret, and that's just helped out a lot. You know, we get a lot of calls from people, not just people who are HIV positive, but people who just want to get quality insurance and financial services. So we get a lot of folks who reach out for that. Um, I get I probably at least at least daily I get a message or an email or um, something from someone telling me, um, either telling me how much what I did brought them, their own courage, people telling me about how they overcame their shame. And it's not just about HIV. Some people it's overcoming the shame of maybe having a child um, when they were a teenager. One person told me it was about overcoming the shame of, of having a bankruptcy. You know, someone else is telling me about the, overcoming the shame of being of being raped and sexually abused. It's it's all types of stories. I just um, spoke with someone recently where they were really struggling. They just found out about their own status, and we were able to talk through that and just kind of go from there. It was it's been it's been wonderful, not just professionally, but it's been very affirming because if I ever had a reason to doubt that being open and honest and authentic about my status was going to be something that was going to really benefit my life and benefit others, if I ever had a reason to doubt that, the aftermath of sharing my story in such a, 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 on such a big platform totally reinforced to me that there's no reason to doubt that, that, that there is nothing but goodness and joy and really peace on the other side of sharing yes. your story. Yes, yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So from this, the Hurston Group, your managing director there, tell us a little bit about what the Hurston Group is. You're based out of Washington, D.C., right? Yes, that's correct. Um, the okay. Hurston Group is a it's a it's a full service financial institution, um, and what we do is we represent about forty five different financial institutions. So we um, we broker on their behalf. So everyone from big companies like New York Life and Mass Mutual to some smaller companies that have more of a niche focus and. What we do is we represent our clients who are individuals, um, couples, families, small businesses with anywhere from about two to 500 employees. We help them with their financial planning, so get them, we'll help them with getting life insurance, health insurance, retirement planning. Um, we also do group business. I'll tell you that specifically one, one of the areas that we've been doing very, very well with is helping people to get life insurance and help them with long-term care planning for people who are either HIV positive or just living with any other chronic health condition. Because rather you have HIV or maybe it's diabetes or hepatitis, these are conditions that would traditionally make people be considered to be uninsurable for life insurance. So when they're thinking about their financial future, their options are really limited, and we are one of very, very, very few. I can probably count them on one hand. We're probably one of very few financial brokerage firms that actually will work with folks who are HIV positive or who do have those other conditions because we can guarantee them access to up to about $500,000 in life insurance. And the policies are really cheap. They start about $30 a month. So we've just had, we've been, that's really what we like to focus on is, is helping folks who are traditionally considered to be uninsurable. Mm-hmm. Is the life insurance expensive, really expensive? 
No, it ranges. I mean, you can start a policy for probably $30 a month. I mean, you know, of course, you know, a, a policy is going to cover $10,000, so that may be something that just would cover someone's final expenses, such as a funeral. That's going to be much cheaper than something that maybe I did one for a business owner recently, and his policy was just over a million dollars in terms of how much how much the policy would pay out for the premium. So, I'm sorry, pay out for the death benefits. So his premium obviously was, was pretty high to pay for such a policy. Um, so um, we we try to go based on what the person's budget is. They tell us what their budget is, and then we look across all of the insurance companies that we work with, and we bring them options and say, hey, based on this budget, this is what's available, and these are the differences in what those are. And does the Hurston Group, do they serve people who are not HIV positive? I know some of the high group, the high-risk groups you, you cover, but do they cover other groups as well? Absolutely. So, um, really and truly, for our business, less than uh, less than forty percent of our business is actually people who are considered to be uninsurable. In most cases, you know, you may have one person's HIV positive, but then they want you to look at doing insurance or financial planning for their spouse who may not be HIV positive. So, the majority of our business still does come from people who um, have what we call standard health, meaning that their health may not be perfect, but they don't have those uninsurable. Um, conditions. It's just that we, we heavily specialize in helping people who are considered to be uninsurable. Um, but you know, we can help anybody. And with the retirement planning, do do people who are HIV positive have any unique challenges when when they're starting to plan for retirement? And if so, how does your company, the Hurston Group, help them address these challenges? You know, I will tell you that that folks who are HIV positive. Um, the same questions that I get from them are the same questions that I get from people who don't have HIV or any any chronic health conditions. And the question is, how can I put together a retirement plan that can ensure that I do not um, outlive my retirement savings? How can I make sure that I don't run out of money when I retire? And um, for us, we offer several different um, products to help people out with that. One of them is a, what we call a guaranteed income retirement account, which sort of operates like an old-school pension system where the, from the day that you retire to the day that you pass away, you will have a monthly check that comes in every month. And we work with institutions like New York Life and Mass Mutual to do those. These are It's, it's an excellent, excellent product that's been being used for years and years and years by many different groups, and it's, it's a product that I'm really excited to be able to bring to people who are chronic, who are living with chronic health conditions because the reality is that when we think about our own retirement, of course we don't want to run out of money, but more than anything else, we want to make sure that we have enough income coming in to meet our care costs because even with modern medicine allowing us to live longer and live normal life expectancies, the reality is that my, my long-term care costs is an HIV positive person is probably going to be a little bit higher than someone who doesn't have HIV. So these type of retirement products are a way to make sure that you have a guaranteed income for as long as you're alive so that you can meet your living expenses, including your health costs. And when do you suggest people start planning for retirement? As early as possible. But I will tell you that the majority of my clients who are looking at retirement tend to be 30 and above. And it's a couple reasons for that. Um, usually within the 20s, folks are still trying to figure out what they want to do, where they want to land. Um, in a lot of cases in the 20s, folks are not necessarily contributing towards their 401K or any retirement. They're just trying to make what they need to make and maybe even pay back student loans when they can. So um, I recommend it as early as possible, but um, especially once you get into your 30s, just because um, with a lot of us, 
when we retire, we could end up living three, four decades into our retirement. That's a reality. Exactly. You got to think about how much money do you really need to be able to live for multiple decades when you're not working. Take some time to save for that. Right. And I know you said that you guys are now in 11 states, was it? Yes, yes. So those are our core states. We operate nationally, but our core states are 11 states. So pretty much every major metro area we operate within, we are um, our our team is most dense on the East Coast, Chicago, um, Atlanta, as well as Southern California. But we can take clients across the continental United States. Oh, wonderful. This is wonderful. If um, I'm going to put your information on the website, of course, but if you don't mind just sharing you, your website or how they can get in contact with you to get some more information. Absolutely. Um, well, you can uh, reach us by phone, which is one eight six six nine three nine two nine three two. 939 2932 That's 866-939-2932. Or, of course, you can check out our website, which is T H E H U R S is in Sam T O N is in Nancy Group dot com. Excellent, excellent. Do you have any final words? I just want to thank you so much for having me um, on on your show. It's been a really, really great experience to be able to live within my truth, and I hope that anyone who's listening. Um, regardless of what they may be struggling with or what areas of shame that they may have, rather large or small, I just would hope that my story can serve as just a light of inspiration to them that um, there is so much joy and peace that comes out of making the decision to live within your truth, and I encourage you to do it because I am a living, breathing example of the fact that life rewards you when you live authentically. Indeed, indeed. Thank you so much, MJ. When is your book coming out? I'm, I'm sure you're working on the book. You know, I actually am working with someone to put together a book right now, but I don't have a release date, so I'm not going to say any date. But hopefully, we'll be able let to do know it within the next year. Okay, let me know when I have you on the show. I'm going to definitely. Buy it. Thank you Thank so much for being so on the much. show today. You have a good evening. You as well. You're listening to Let's Face on the Survival Radio Network. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn, and we'll be right back. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are a part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Ultimate Business Solutions provides the support you need to increase your customer base and sell more products and services online. Specializing in graphic arts, web development, and Internet marketing, Ultimate Business Solutions creates the face of your business. If you're looking for a custom logo, dynamic website, or popping marketing material, call Ultimate Business Solutions today at 404-704-2197 or visit www.ultimatebizsolutions.com. Ultimate Business Solutions. Let us create your future.
Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn, and we have Kimberly Pitts in the studio with us. Um, another great show, in my opinion. Um, yes. Next week coming up, our show that was scheduled for November 30th that we had to um, reschedule to cover the Ferguson topic um, with Udell D'Olio, who she, she's an author, she's a life coach, she's a relationship expert, Discovering the Art of Conversation. Um, 101 Conversation Starters is her new book that's out. And she's going to be here to just talk about, have you ever, you know, been in a room with someone you just don't know how to spark up that conversation? She's going to give good tips on how to have meaningful, deep um, conversations. So that's going to be next week, December the 14th um, at 8.30. I want to thank my guest, MJ Harris, for coming and just enlightening us about his experience and how living authentically really changed his life. And, Kim, your guest was awesome as well. Thank you, and I would like to send a big thank out again to Nicholas Snow. Thank you for providing such great and much-needed information. Thanks again. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm your host, Will Strayhorn, and again, Kimberly Pitts is going to be coming on with us um, on a regular basis in 2015. She's awesome. Thanks, Kim, for all you do, and I'll see you tomorrow for our our, our business meeting, lunch. Um, yes, yeah, thanks, Will. So... Let's face it, in life, you're going to be faced with many choices, but the most important choice that you will ever make is when you choose to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time. Strayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.